0: Yes listeners, welcome along to Across the Line here on Tip FM. Paul Carroll bringing you the preview of all the weekend's action here in Tipperary over the next hour or so. So we have a very busy episode tonight. We're going to be talking to uh, Mick Ryan about the Tipperary versus Cork Hurling match on Sunday. We're going to be talking to uh, Ashley Maloney, Tipperary ladies footballer who's just returned from her knee injury and is going to be back in the blue and gold this Sunday. We're also going to be talking to darts player Dylan Slevin who earned a PDC tour card over the last last weekend actually. So we're going to be talking to him about About uh, his darting journey and what what lays ahead for a busy uh, busy darting year for him. We're also going to be talking to Mersh Walsh about the weekend's uh, soccer action, including St Michael's and Peak Villa, who are both in FAI Junior Cup last thirty-two round games. And as always, we'll end the show talking greyhound racing with Barry Drake. So a really busy show here over the next uh, hour or so. But before we get started, I just want to uh, pass on my condolences to all the Quirk family, of course, uh, on the passing of Margaret Quirk in Clonmel. Margaret, of course, would be the mother of Ronan Quirk, who presents Extra Time here on a Monday night on uh, Tip FM. So we pass on our condolences to all the Quirk family in Clonmel and especially to our good friend Ronan on the passing of his mother, Margaret Quirk. So may she rest in peace. But this Sunday, it's going to be Tipperary versus Cork in the Munster Hurling League final. And to talk me through that game, I'm going to be joined by former Tipperary Senior Hurling Manager, Mick Ryan. Mick, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Glad Uh, to be on. Yeah, Mick. It's uh, it's it's obviously hard to preview a game like this when you know you don't know what kind of teams are going to be playing. It's probably going to be an element of experimental sides on on both uh, sides of the of the field on Sunday. Um, but how do you feel uh, this tip management will, will approach this game? And then how how do you feel
1: about what you've seen so far from this uh, new tip team? Yeah. Well. First thing first. Um, I think they'll be number one, delighted to get an opportunity to play the game on Sunday. Um, given you know how the first game against Waterford down in Mallow, um, you know we were beaten in that. I wasn't down to see that game, but I was in. I was in Nina to see them play Clare, and um, you know we, it wasn't in our own hands. It all depended on the Waterford Clare results So Clare did us a favour. They, they knocked uh, Waterford out, and our superior scoring difference pushed us straight to the the final of this and um, on the other side of the draw then you had um, Limerick take Cork and Cork came through so I think from Liam Kyle's perspective and his management team's perspective they'll be thrilled to um, get this very competitive game you know because it will be competitive everybody is in this for the very same reasons you know it's a pre-season tournament it's useful for, and particularly useful for for I would suggest Liam and Carroll. And probably, and probably it's probably useful for everybody in Munster, with the exception of John Kiley, in that um, nearly all the other managers, in fact, all of the other managers are new. So everybody would have been looking for the most competitive games they could get. But for, anyway, back to us and why it's important for us and what you know. Um, I just think it's, it's it's playing Cork, which is a you know a. a they're in the, exactly the same position as ourselves. The new management team, getting ready for the league, it's going to be played down in in Parky Ring, which is always a good lively pitch. And um, you know, with a bit of with a bit of luck, um, you, you know, we we're going to get a good game. Now, uh, the game I did see up in Nina, conditions are tough, you know, mm. but it's a tough time of the year, you know. Ground ground conditions are soft, but I really liked the 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 attitude that I could see from from the group, and. Um, And obviously, that comes straight from the top. You know, these, you know, Liam and his management team have set out their stall and uh, pulled together uh, a very strong, wide ranging panel. And um, what, you know, being a tip supporter, we just want to see these guys getting as many opportunities as possibly can. One of the things that we can take as a certainty is that they'll be in great shape, they'll be well conditioned and well ready. Um, Now, look, that's not, you know, no further on than any of the other guys either, to, to be fair, but. Um, from our perspective, we want these guys ready to to um, to take on the national league, uh, still make progress throughout the national league, and be, be championship fit when when it kicks off at the end of April. That's really what we want to see as Tip supporters. So this is just a great stepping stone. Uh, it's not it's not um it's not a do or die type game. Like who who could could you tell me who won the um the the league last year or the, sorry this um what to the college Hurling um, League yeah, last Monster, year. I, I couldn't league tell you who won it last year I couldn't either but but look for this Sunday evening we'll know who, who, who will win it or who, who won't have won us. It. so it's important at the time being and it's a you know it's a good competitive match and Cork are a different team to play they'll bring a different challenge and we're just hoping for a bit of pace about this game as opposed to the kind of maybe the heavier type game that was in Lina, um two weeks ago so and look, you know, I touched on it there, Paul. You know, I thought I thought it was a great work ethic. You know, it looked like a really good attitude coming through from the from the Tip guys, um, Liam Callan and the management team. Used their bench. You know, we're getting a chance to see names that we hadn't seen, and um, you know, and, and that's exactly what us Tipperary sports want to see. We want to see these shi- lads getting chances. We want to see, you know, how how's their form? What's their attitude like? Are you know? Do they look like they fit in? And um, what are they bringing to the table? And we saw loads. You know, there was loads to see. And, and uh, as I said in the beginning, you know, a very diverse, widespread kind of a panel. that yeah. And plenty of fellows getting a chance to put their hands up and, and get opportunities. And that's what we want.
0: And just finally, I think there's a kind of a, a sense of kind of, uh, I know it's, look, we're very early in the season and there's a lot an awful lot of hurling to go, but coming out from Nina that day, I knew, you said you were there as well, like there was a sense of kind of a, b- a bit of promise after what we, we had seen that day. So hopefully that kind of, we continue to see that kind of performance this Sunday, no matter what the result, but that there's a, a good vibe about the team
1: uh, when we're walking out of Parky Run on Sunday. Well, look and and this is this is what, you know, a changeover brings. You know, we, we all know that you know that that um there is a changeover going on. There's a kind of a, a you know, a changing of the guard per se. And I know some of our some of our stalwart players are still there, um, you know, may, taking up spots in this panel and we're delighted to have them there. You know, the old stagers fellas who've given so much over the, over the last 10 plus years mm. and that's a great mix it's an absolutely great mix but we know plenty about those fellas and you know the challenge that we want to you know i suppose there, there is no challenge on these guys other than um can your body stand up to to uh, another campaign and what have you got to offer you, you know have you, are you fresh enough have you, you know have you enough energy about this to come and do something else again and can you compete with those younger fellas or will they push some of these some of our you know Proven stalwarts out, and if they do, it's a great sign for Tipperary. If they don't, we know the kind of quality that these guys have got. But I think you know what Liam will be looking for here um, is you know a really good mix of the, of the two. And um, but you touched on it there, Paul. Like the crowd, I was a little bit um, late. I was really <laughs> hitting on you know match time to arrive in Nina and um, I missed five or six minutes. Such was the crowd. There is an appetising tip um across the supporters to support this team and get behind this team. And I think that's essential. And it'll be it'll make a huge difference um to the squad in general to you know to know that there's there's a strong tip support that you know and obviously it was a pent up demand it was over the Christmas period so it was easy for us all to go to Nina. But um again, you know, facing down the parky ring it would be great to have a decent tip support there, and obviously, you know, we all get rewarded too because you get a chance to see these guys first hand, uh, which you miss an awful lot on the telly. You now, look, it's great if that's your, if that's what the only thing that's available to you. We'd all take it ahead of not turning, or not being at the match. But look, I think, um, you know, the, my point being, I think there's a, there's a bit of pent up demand here. People want to get behind this team, um, so you know, which is a very big positive.
0: Yeah, and hopefully um, the positives uh, keep coming this Sunday. Mick, thanks for joining us on Across the Line.
1: No problem, Paul. Chat to you soon.
0: Mick Ryan, former Tipperary Senior Hurling Manager, giving us his rundown on the Tipperary versus Cork match. That's on Sunday in the Munster Hurling League final. And a reminder to listeners that that is a game you can hear live here on Tip FM on Sunday from about quarter to three. Myself and Ken Hogan will be bringing you all the live commentary and coverage of Tipperary versus Cork in the Munster Hurling League final. Our coverage is with thanks to Casey Tiles and Wooden Floors in Care. But uh, fortunately enough, that's not the only GA action happening in the county over the weekend. There's a lot of uh, big games happening, and none bigger really than the Harty Cup semi finals that are taking place on Saturday. So at Arts Reach versus Cashel in Kilmallock at half past 12 on Saturday, in one semi final, and the other semi final is Middleton CBS versus Thurless CBS. That one's in Mallow at 3pm on Saturday. So please God imagine a Cashel versus Thurless-Harty Cup final. That would be a huge event, but it's also a very busy weekend for Cashel Community School. Not only are they in the Harty Cup semi-final, but they're also in the Munster Senior a Camogie final, they're taking on Ursuline Thurlis, so it's Cashel versus Thurlis there. Cashel Community School versus Ursuline Thurlis. Munster Senior at Camogie Final. That's in the County Camogie Grounds in the Rag on Saturday at 2pm. So a, a busy weekend there for Cashel Community School and we wish... All the Tipperary schools involved this weekend, the best of luck. There's also some under-21 games on this weekend. The under-21B hurling semi-final, Burgess versus Killenall. This was a postponed last weekend due to an unplayable pitch, but it's going to happen this Sunday now uh, in Castellini at half-past 11 on Sunday morning. So that's Burgess versus Killenall. The winner will take on Upper Church Drumban in the final. And the under-21A hurling tournament final is Thurles Sarsfields versus Mullinahone. That's this Sunday at half past seven in the evening in Clinalty. So a, a huge uh, event there in Clinalty, of course. And it is going to be part of the Dylan Quirk Foundation where all the proceeds of the games uh, from that under-21 competition will go to the Dylan Quirk Foundation. So a big uh, weekend of action there. And uh, we wish all teams the best of luck. But now we're going to change our sh- our focus to ladies football. And I'm delighted to be joined by Aisling Maloney, who's, uh, of course, a Tipperary senior ladies footballers. They take on Westmeath in the start of the league this Sunday at 2pm in Feathertown Park. Um, Ashleen, you're welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, um, Ashley. I suppose last time I was talking to you was December of, of 2021, and at that stage you were still, you were kind of six months um, from your ACL injury, um, and at that time you were getting the PRP injection into your knee. You you had the you had the surgery, and then I think you had a fall. Did you in Cashel as well that set you back some time, and you you weren't responding well to the uh, you, you pain in your knee, and you couldn't really do much of the rehab at that stage, but. Um, Judging just by online and from reading things online, that injection um, in December uh, really really helped things going
2: forward. Yeah, it did. And to be honest, like I suppose we were probably expecting a more immediate effect than what had happened. I suppose I didn't really end up getting back clean until I'd say it was around August time, September time of this year. So initially we had kind of anticipated that I'd be back come March, April, um, but it'll end up being a longer process again. Um, but thankfully I'm back now. I suppose it's mad when you think back. It looks like I never even did it. That my knee is feeling so good at the moment, and long may it last.
0: Yeah, really, that's that's brilliant here. Yeah, so that was kind of a a turning point in your recovery, and and um, going from there, like you must be absolutely buzzing to just be back in with the squad.
2: It's really exciting because I wasn't involved last year, um, obviously with the team and with Peter and his new management team. Um, but I obviously had heard great things about them. But even witnessing um, Peter and his crew firsthand, it's been unbelievable. And I'm just really excited to get started with the team now this year. And, um, you know, we have our first league game now coming up against Westmead on Sunday. So hopefully we can put in a good enough performance ourselves. And hopefully we could try and get a win. If we could, it'd be great to get the league off to a good start.
0: And just on yourself then, coming back from your injury last year, um, what was that like going back the first couple of games and and getting used to kind of match pace once again?
2: The first game I came back, I probably didn't have much of a choice but to get into the pace because it was a a knockout against Wild Rovers in Monroe. So I think that probably was um, a good time to come back because it didn't really give me much time to overthink it. and. Um, unfortunately we got knocked out that day so we were playing just kind of a, a playoff game against Arlo and I came on for 20 minutes again but I suppose for me the the changing um, the changing for me in terms of my mentality towards it, we played a Camogie game against varsity and it was quite rough and it was tough and there was a lot of bells and claps going in and I suppose at the end of it I played a full 60 minutes and I just said to myself well if I can survive that I can survive anything and Literally from that day onwards, I have not even thought about the ACL and it's been something that's been so in the past and I've moved on from it, but I suppose you kind of have to move on from it. You can't keep reflecting back on that either.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant here because that's often, like you had a particularly hard rehab in terms of physical, and but mentally it's nearly even harder to, to get on past that, but it sounds like you you have, which is a great thing.
2: I think that was kind of mainly due to, I suppose, the amount of work that I probably put into Percy myself. You know, I spent 14 months going into the gym three times a week, and within that 14 months, I probably missed four or five gym sessions. So for me, I knew that I had the foundations put in place to return, and I I had every right to be confident about it. And, you know, even Sancho was saying that to me as well, um, that, you know, if you're to do it again, it's just going to be bad luck, and that's kind of something that I've accepted. But for other people, they kind of find the going back mentally um, challenging. But for me, it definitely was probably the smoothest process. Thank God. Um, but I think after sitting out for fourteen months, I'm thankful that it was um, it was a smooth process for me.
0: Yeah, that's that's brilliant to hear. And just t- talking there about you know the the severe the dedication that it takes to, to go through that fourteen months of, of going to the gym as much as as you said. Um, Obviously, a goal in mind would have been, oh, I want to get back in back in with Tipperary, I'd imagine.
2: Certainly. For a long time, though, I suppose football was so in the back of my head because I was so far off that mark. Um, but I think that since I went back to playing um, with club, it definitely gave me the draw and confidence again. And I suppose for me, the biggest thing when I went back playing was probably game awareness. You know, when you're away from the game for so long, you kind of forget you know, whereabouts you're on the pitch or your kind of, your ways or styles of playing. But yeah, look, it's great to are back in with the girls again, obviously playing with tips. Um, it's such obviously high standards compared to club as well. So, you know, there's girls there that are challenging me as an individual and pushing me beyond my strength. So it's great that I can um, I can get those kind of ground groundwork in before I go and play a competitive match on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll speak about that game now. I suppose it's uh, Eva, uh, the squad was named during the week and, Joe um, you know, obviously plenty of familiar faces uh, like yourself and, and some of the other girls that have been there, Lauren Fitzpatrick and, and, and more that have been there for a good few years. But two new faces that uh, people mightn't be aware of is Grace Maloney and Caitlin Downey um, from Boherland dwella They're still in, in secondary school, I believe, so a, a real freshness to the squad there as well.
2: Yeah, very fresh team. Um, not only in Caitlin and Grace, they obviously bring a great attitude to the team. But I suppose the younger as I have came up came up last year now in particular, um, they've just brought such a kind of don't care attitude, and you know they're up for the crack, and they bring a great atmosphere to training and matches. But on that pitch, and it's great to have them in. Obviously, Grace is dual; she plays camogie as well. Um, so it's just obviously important to try and hold on to her and keep her fresh as best as the management can. But um, yeah, look, it's great. We're obviously a very young team, but I think over the last number of years in TIP Ladies Football, there's been a lot of transition, girls leaving and, you know, retirements and different things. Whereas now, I suppose Peter and his management team have an actual set of players that are young, they're enthusiastic and a team that he can actually work on.
0: Yeah, and I suppose that it, with with such a young team, the, the layout of this league is nearly perfect. Like you've, you've uh, seven games and six of them are at home. Um, so that that's just a, a huge opportunity, really.
2: Thankfully, yeah, because normally I suppose other years we'd be travelling away from them, so it's great to have them at home. And I suppose what better facilities as well than Feathertown Park. And yeah, look, obviously this year we need to concentrate on ourselves and you know we've we've goals set as a team and as individuals to hit. So look, hopefully if we can start hitting them and start getting some positives, we have to look at last year and say, you know, we just about survived Division 2, so we have to be realistic about the approach into this year as well. But I suppose we'll definitely be going um, at the league this year in terms of trying to get a few wins under our belt.
0: Yeah, and I suppose like last year's league, you would have only had three games, I suppose. So you know, if you lost your first one, you're under severe pressure straight away. Whereas this time, you know, you're going to be playing seven games. So it's a nice long league where you can really kind of find out about the team, but really get into the groove of things as it goes on as well.
2: Yeah, and I suppose even if you're... Yeah, it definitely gives you opportunity to play more players, but... You know, only top two end up going through to a final. There's no semi final, so it kind of does put a bit of pressure on the other end as well. And for any team that is playing in Division Two with hopes of getting to Division One, you're going to have to start the ground running. There is no kind of leeway for losses or anything like that. So, um, I, like every team in Division Two, obviously going to be striving to get to Division One. We've obviously seen in the last number of years, made won Division Two and went on to win the All-Ireland, and then Kerry won Division 2 last year and went on to be an All-Ireland, an All-Ireland final runner-up. So, you know, great things do come out of Division 2, and I suppose that's something that we've been taking into consideration.
0: Definitely. Uh, like, uh, the, way, the way it breaks down as well, you've, you've three games at home, three weekends in a row to start, starting this Sunday against Westmead. Then there's a week off, then you've two games, then a week off, then two games. So it's almost kind of like three blocks of games that, that you're nearly targeting.
2: Yeah, and I suppose within that then, you'll probably have all the girls still co- competing in um, colleges tournaments. So I suppose it is a bit of a hectic schedule for them. But any of us who are not involved directly in colleges, it's up to us, you know, to to drive on and um, kind of carry the ship a bit until they become more free after that weekend is over. I think it's the 10th and 11th of March. Um, but yeah, no, we're definitely excited as a team to get started now, I suppose. We've been a long... Winter and pre season, so it's it's great just to get and start playing games. Yeah,
0: and just uh last couple of questions. Uh, Feather Town Park is where you're going to be playing all your home games. Um, have you been training there? Are, are you used to that kind of surface? And uh, what kind of how does that kind of change things at all?
2: We've been training there since we've started, really. Um, we kind of go between here and Feather Town Park is probably uh, the, the Ladies football have joined up with it in terms of using it using it as a center of excellence. So It's been insane. We played a match on Friday night on the actual pitch there, and it was like playing summer football. And look, we're so thankful that we can use these facilities. And I think it's great for younger girls coming up and tip that they have this at their doorstep. Um, But yeah, we have played a good number of games on the Astro, but I don't think that's fancy at the end of the day. You know, if you're not going to go out and perform, well, then you're not going to win anything. So we need to collectively go out and perform as a team together
0: so uh, as we were saying it starts this Sunday 2 o'clock in Federal Town Park against Westmead uh, you would have played Westmead I think a few times um in your time anyway w- with the squad so um, a team you're fairly familiar with what what are you kind of expecting from them?
2: They're a very good team always very well um set up so we're expecting nothing but a tough game from them nor from anyone in Division 2 um, as I said earlier on, you know, we've no right to be thinking any other way or any differently considering um last year, maybe our last few years being relegated. So I suppose Peter has us zoned in on, you know, our own performances and looking at us first before anyone else. So once we start hitting the targets ourselves and we're happy with ourselves where we're at, you know, that's big pluses and you know, looking forward to the champ- championship, that's where kind of the busy end of the season comes. So that would be our main target really.
0: Well, Ashley, it's great to hear that you're back in uh, in full health and I wish you and all the girls the very best of luck throughout the year and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon enough.
2: Perfect. Thanks so much.
0: Tipperary senior ladies footballer Ashley Maloney there speaking to us ahead of Tipperary versus Westmead this weekend in the opening National Ladies Football League game Division 2. Tipperary versus Westmead in Feathered at 2pm this Sunday. But now it's time for our first break and we'll be back after the break talking darts with Dylan Slevin. Welcome back listeners to part 2 of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself Paul Carroll So let's uh, switch focus to darts and I spoke earlier in the week with Dylan Slevin from Bursa Cain the 20 year old secured a PDC tour card last weekend in Milton Keynes finishing first on the Order of Merit in Q School so he's going to be on the uh, darting PDC tour for the next two years now and hopefully we'll get to see him on some big uh, TV tournaments over the next year or so but uh, I spoke to Dylan during the week and I started by asking him had it sank in yet that he's now a PDC DC tour card holder.
3: Um, I don't really know. No, it hasn't really hit me. Like as in, like that I'm going to be playing playing with the big with the big boys, and it has been a very busy few last few days. Anyway, since I came home there, Monday, my phone my phone is just non-stop just texting and ringing and interviews, and it's just it's actually it's amazing
0: yeah and and you've you've had uh but by the looks of things you've had you've had great support I saw there were signs up around Bursaicae and stuff in the last couple of days and all
3: um yeah I came i came home i came back to Burkane there last night, and um there was a good crowd of the community waiting for me with uh, banners and for pictures and everything last night, I was very surprised. I had no clue what was going on in the town.
0: <laughs> That's good, to hear though But Chad, like, it's a, it's it's an amazing achievement. But I suppose you are you're twenty, am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. So you, this was this the second year you went over to you at Q School last year?
3: Yeah, I went over last year for a bit of experience.
0: Um, yeah, because it's a. Like for people who who are listening who mightn't understand, like to to qualify for for the PDC uh, tour, you know, you have to earn a tour card, and there's f- over yeah. f- well over five hundred pl- players playing the competition in the UK, and it's it's only yeah. thirteen cards up for grabs, so like it's it's a fiercely competitive thing.
3: Yeah, um, it's it's to be honest now, it's I was I was one of the lucky pe the lucky people to get through on the first day, one of eight of us. Um, which I didn't really think it was gonna happen but gladly it did and I had two days off to prepare myself for the main stage, stage two, to actually try and qualify to get my tour card. Um came very close on the Saturday, got bit in the semi final. That was a good run and put me I think it put me in fifth yeah. in, in the table and then I I just went back to my room and was just like just one more good run tomorrow and Get good get my tour card at least I think it i think all I needed was two points to to properly secure it and um when i was told when I was told I got my tour card i the weight the weight that just came off my shoulders was. It was unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine, and we'll 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 get talking to about about the whole the journey of the, of the week uh, in just a few minutes. But I suppose your 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 own darting journey, like you know, a lot of people, um, even around North Tipperary here would would be into the darts, and I'd be I'd love watching the darts and and telly myself, and around Christmas I'd always uh, uh play a lot more of it. But yourself, how did you get into it?
3: Um, I was just thrown at a young age, really. Um. Just when I was, I'd say I was around knee height, Uh, my dad used to throw darts for county level and um, he just had me throwing. I was up on a chair throwing at the dartboard and then once I got big enough to actually reach the dartboard at the proper distance, I just started throwing and then just literally started playing darts around and joined the local team, team and then I started playing county darts at youth level um I qualified the first year that I tried I qualified for the Ireland youth and then I qualified for the year after that and I won a WDF Europe cup with Keen Barry, Killian Heffernan and Damien Moore and then from there we just my dad turned around to me and just said look we'll we'll give that a good rattle in the next few years to come
0: and what what age was you've been around that time when you you thought right uh, let's let's have a real go at this
3: um, it would have been around Maybe 16, 17 years
0: of age Right Yeah so geez It's been a good And like a name you mentioned there Keen Barry Like has been on TV A lot the last kind of year or two As well like yeah. so mm-hmm. Um, But I suppose Going from there then In terms of um Going to, to To Q School Like As I was mentioning earlier There's over 500 players there I'd say last year When you went It was probably a, a, Like an eye opening experience I'd imagine
3: yeah, literally, just I just went over just to see what what was uh, how it ran and what you had to kind of do to get to to get your tour out. And I I truly believe the fact that I went over last year was a big help for me this year to actually get it. So in a sense, I look at it as I was lucky that I did go over last year and took took the beat and didn't get out of stage one and just said I'll come back next year and just give it a good rattle. Then after that.
0: Yeah, because like, I suppose every day you go there. You're, are you are is it is it, are you kind of waiting on the draw every day? Like, is it and is it there? there must be a, a certain aura around different players as well. I'd say it's a very like interesting atmosphere to even be around.
3: Yeah, um, sure. When you get in there, you're waiting around there for like an hour for the draw, and then when the draw comes out, you're you're wondering are you playing first, are you playing second, or if you're going to be the last game. You don't really know, and you. You kind of want an easy draw, but as as you say, like over in Q school, it's not it's not really that easy up there. You have to be you have to be on your A game, you know.
0: And you probably don't even know a lot about some of the players you're playing. Like obviously, five, over five hundred, you're probably not going to know all the names, like as well, which which brings a different factor to it as well.
3: Yeah, I know In stage one, you wouldn't really you'd, you'd you'd hear their name, you know, you'd hear it here and there on Facebook or on social media, but no, you wouldn't. No one no one really knows each other and. Stage one,
0: and from being there last year to this year, did you change anything? Did you do anything different that you thought, right? I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to change it now. The next time I go,
3: um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Anyway, no.
0: Yeah, yeah. You just kind of just got the experience and knew what the story yeah. was, basically.
3: Yeah, yeah. knew knew what I actually had to do, and it was I was I was ready. I was mentally prepared as well, like you know, for the task ahead.
0: And dude, did anyone go over with you?
3: Um. Yeah. My i my girlfriend. She she comes. She travels everywhere. She she she. Oh, i i would I would say like only for her. I probably wouldn't be where I am today. You know, like she was. She was the one that told me that we'll we'll go do the development tour last year, and I finished top twenty in the development tour, and um, then that really was an eye opener for Q School that I knew. That I was would would have been able to get a tour card at Q school, so.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, because I'd say you definitely you definitely need like, it's probably a, a lonely enough thing if you're there on your own, like, because yeah. you know you probably need to get your mind off it. Uh, yeah. Because the, the pressure is fairly high, like when you when you really are after a tour card, like.
3: Yeah, well, sure. On Thursday and Friday, I didn't really do too well. I picked up one point each day, like so. And I was going back to the room, and I was literally just lying in the bed, looking at the scene, and just saying, like, "Oh, I'm not gonna get it." And she, she just turned around and said to me, "Look, we'll just go in tomorrow. You know, you can, you know, you can win one of them at least." And luckily, I got to the semi final, which gave me a good, a good um. Spot on the order of merit, and then going into Sunday, I didn't really have much. There was a small bit of pressure, but not too much pressure, you know. So yeah, I was I was lucky in that sense that she was there.
0: And um, I suppose you weren't the only tip man over there as well. Stephen Rosny from Nina nope. was over there yeah. and uh, done pretty well as well. Would would you be? Is that someone you'd know fairly well? Would you practice or anything like that?
3: Um, I play I play county darts with Stephen. Um, yeah, he. He he had a very, he had a very good. It was his first year qualified for the second stage. I don't I don't think he he um, I don't think he was expecting it. But from what I've seen playing against him, like I I kind of had a feeling that he was going to be in the second stage of Q school.
0: Yeah, and and he done really well, especially on the last day. Uh, I think he bet yeah. he Keegan Brown and he bet, he bet Andy, Brown, Hamilton. Andy Hamilton. Yeah. 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 Um so so great performance there but I suppose going through your own performance so so you you get there there's 500, 500 people there you play for 3 days it gets uh, whittled down to uh, the top 128 I think it is. So yeah. you managed to get to the quarter finals on day 1 which gave you automatic qualification to the second stage so you didn't it's have to play it Tuesday Wednesday. Yeah. So that no. was probably a big relief just and you averaged over 102 of two of the five games you played. Um you yeah. actually beat Graham Usher who also got a tour card so an automatic a, tour carriage yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't an easy draw, but it was a great start to the week.
3: Yeah.
0: And uh, um, yeah, so no, no, it was just it probably took a bit of pressure off um, coming out of the block so fast on that Monday.
3: Um, yeah, um, playing uh, averaging, I think it was one hundred and three in my second game, and a hundred, and I was touching just under a hundred again, Graham, as well. Um, like if like as I say, like you have to you have to bring your A game over to Q school, and lucky enough that I brought it on the first day that qualified me for the second stage, and I'd say (coughs) the the fact that I was never in the second stage, I was under that small bit of pressure just to like get. I was putting I'd say I was putting too much pressure on myself to get to troll cards, and um, uh, when I, when I um was told that I had the torque card I was playing in the last sixteen of uh the last day. Yeah. And as I said, the pressure that went off my shoulders, I just went into the last sixteen and
4: I averaged ninety
3: eight. So like it's amazing when you're playing you don't think you're putting too much pressure on you but then once You've got what you went over for. You know how much pressure you put on yourself.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I can I can only imagine so. And, and even the first two days, you you got to the third round, so you won two games on each day. First day, yeah. you lost to John Henderson, which which Dart fans would be well aware of who John Henderson is. Yeah. But uh, like coming up against someone like that, like is it kind of like do you look at the draw and say, oh, I prefer if he wasn't in the draw, kind of thing, or or how's that like when you see a draw?
3: Um, no, no, not really, because like I know. I know I have that well, now I have the game to beat the likes of them, to beat the likes of John and you know, I bet Keegan there on the Saturday, like he he came off the tour there last year and he he was trying to regain it and I took it all I took his chances of getting it Saturday but gladly he got it Sunday. Um but like I just I know I know I have the game to to produce it up against the big the big fellas now, and hopefully now this year will be <clears throat> good to me, and hopefully I'll do well and qualify for a few TV tournaments, and just get my get prize money on the board, and get work my way up the rankings, and just try and stay on the tour for as long as I can.
0: Yeah, yeah, it would be great. And just um, to to round off, just talking about the week, I suppose, the so you, you mentioned the first two days, um, you, you'd you only kind of two points in the bag going into the weekend, and you probably need, yeah. you, you, for a finish, you definitely needed six at least, but some people who got yeah. six points didn't qualify, so there was pressure probably on you going into Saturday, and then you win two games again, you get to the last round of 32, it's up to, five, it's up to six legs, and you're playing former BDO World Champion Scott Mitchell, and you go 5-0 down um, yeah. What what happened? What happened after that? Because uh, you won six five and you went on an absolute tear.
3: Oh, uh, to be honest, now like I literally, it was just it. It was basically like a blackout moment. Like I literally was just when I went 5 fiveing down, I just turned around and <coughs> Claude and my girlfriend was just watching from behind, and I just took a sip of the water and I just looked at her and said like, "What can I do here?" And she just said, "Just she just gave a little come on," and um, from there, then I just. I, I don't know what, what I it was actually like I was possessed like that. It was just kneeing the dartboard, and it was literally just like triple twenty, checkout five one five two. Then when I got to five three, I was like, right, okay, we might we might sneak this game. And then once we went to five five, I was just like, from the start now get a big score, a hundred plus or something. And I think I hit, I think it was a hundred I started off with. That gave me a little bit of. It took the it took the pressure off me in the last leg, and then just when the one four four, I was like, right, come on, just get the, to at least get the one triple twenty, and lucky enough, I hit the two, and I took a step back, took a deep breath, and threw for double twelve, and pinged it, and uh, just stood there looking at the dartboard. I I I felt like bursting into tears, but. Gladly, I
0: didn't. (laughs) Yeah, uh, like I was following it on the Darts Connect app. So, if people are listening, like you you can't watch these games, but you can follow the scores live as they're happening. And I just had it on my phone. I was like, oh, geez, he's 5 0 down now. Like, and then okay, he's 5 2, 5 3. And then I saw you checked out like 1 5 1. You checked out. You checked out a seventy-six, I think, when he was left on double tops yeah, or something like that. Yeah, a one
3: eighteen as well.
0: Yeah, and the one eighteen, I think he was down to like yeah. thirty-two or something. So he's down yeah. waiting for a double to win the match, and you put out one sixteen. But the one four four to win the game—it was just scandalous, really. But I suppose yeah. that probably gave you a huge boost then for the rest of the day.
3: Yeah. Then after that, that was just the, that was the game settler. Um, Stephen Stephen Rosin fair play to him. He was watching me, and he. The first the first thing he said, he gave me the old Facebook and said, that was your get-out-of-jail-free card. So he said, go on and win it now. And lucky enough, I got to the semi-final. Now, unfortunately, listeners, we're a bit caught
0: for time on this Friday evening, so I'm going to have to cut short the uh, last six or seven minutes of that interview with Dylan Slevin. But the full thing, the remaining seven minutes uh, or so, is on tipfm.com right now. So if you go on to tipfm.com, you will see the full interview there. Just click on that link and it's on uh, the TipFM SoundCloud. So the full uh, 21-minute interview, I think it is. So there's about seven minutes left in that. That's on uh, tipfm.com right now. We're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be back with soccer and greyhound racing after these. Yes listeners, welcome back to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM on this Friday the 20th of January 2023. So we're going to switch focus to soccer now in both Peak Villa and St. Michael's are in last 32 action in the FAI Junior Cup this weekend and to talk about those games I'm joined by local soccer analyst Murish Walsh. Murish, you're welcome to the show. Hiya
5: Paul, good evening to you.
0: Um, yeah, and, and you two, Mersh, there's a, a, an exciting weekend I suppose for the two Tipperary teams left in the FAI Junior Cup, down to the last 32, and uh, St. Michael's against uh, and St Michael's against Holt Celtic, uh, that's at 2pm up in Dublin, and then Peak Villa have a home tie against Killarney um, at 2pm on Sunday as well. We'll start with uh, St. Michael's, trips up to Dublin are never easy, but uh, how do you see this one going?
5: Well it's a repeat of the 2000 uh, semi-final, uh, which is a long time ago. Um, um, I know a little bit about Holt. I know one of the players that plays from Paul Hughes. Hoth are currently uh, mid-table in their league, and they've lost a couple of games recently. St Michael's know how to get these ties done. I think everybody up in up in Co Park or up in Tiptown Town would agree they're not the St Michael's of the previous decade that won, you know, two FEI Junior Cups and. Three months to Junior Cups, you know, and we're the dominant force in junior mm. soccer. But they still have the likes of Adrian Walsh, Paul Breen, there is an injury doubt about Paul, um, the wonderful Evergreen Christopher Higgins, Colin Bargery, David Slattery. And, you know, going away from home is always difficult in the FEI Junior Cup, uh, Paul, and especially going up to Dublin. Um, I have a saying that you're, you know, you're almost taking your life into your own hands. Um, uh, I think, you know, Michael's proved two weeks ago in Clonball there was a cup on the table against the uh, FC of Waterford who are the current FBA Junior Cup holders albeit they're, they're gone out of the competition and uh, they were under the cash for a lot of that time but they managed to get through it on penalties and Michael's won't fear uh, going to extra time on penalties. Um, I think... If I was a, I'm not a betting man, but I think Michael's will come out of Dublin with a positive result, whether that takes penalties and extra time, um, so be it. But I think they will come out of it. I um, and I, I, I just feel that some of the younger players that they've introduced into the squad this year um, are starting like the likes of DJ Clemens, Antonio Reyes, Danny O'Brien. I think they're starting to kind of earn their keep in that side um, whether or not Michaels will go on and win the FAI Junior Cup, I think their third favourites in the betting is another thing but look, it can only take one round at a time
0: Yeah, and uh, Just very quickly then, Peak Villa, they have a home tie which was, is what looked like a very difficult t- tie at the time the draw was made against Clarny Celtic but Clarny I believe have lost quite a number of players to uh, the newly formed Kerry FC so probably a, a element of the unknown about this Clarny team coming up
5: yeah, and the big player they've lost is Ryan Kelleher. I mean, they Celtic lost at home to Waterford Crystal in the Munster Junior Cup there a few weeks ago. Um, they lost 1-0, and they would have been very disappointed with that result. Now, I saw Waterford Crystal down in Waterford twice this season. And they're a good side. But they've lost Ryan Kelleher. He's a 21-year-old. He's a prolific goal scorer. And I don't know where they're going to get the goals. But if I was, uh, I, I think that people have us. They won't have it all their own way, but I think there's something different about Peak Feather this season. I've said for a number of years that the best football inside in Tipperary, it's just that they lacked a little bit of physique or a little bit of muscle or a little bit of know-how. But I can tell you, like in speaking to Ted O'Connor and Derek Lottnall, but particularly Ted O'Connor on the line, there's something different about them. They're not my own club, um, Town, out of the out of the FEI Junior Cup 1-0 on a horrible day it was the day they, of the Tivarillo County Football final if you remember that was a dreadful oh, day do, yeah. in Torlis and they knocked us out 1-0 on a penalty shootout or on a, with a penalty and they defended well for their lives. and I mean they had the likes of Alan Lange at the back you know he's I don't know how old he is 40 but one of the best um, centre-backs ever to play junior football in this county they have a right back in, in, in Dale Loughman super power player and of course they have the wonderful and I really mean this point, the wonderful Pippi Carl up, up front who will get you a goal. And so what I'm saying to you is the ingredients to win a to win a cup competition, particularly in the FEI Junior Cup, and to get through a round, is to keep a clean sheet. And if you have someone up front, because in these tight games you're only gonna get one or two chances and if a chance falls to Pippi Carl, but well I I put my life on him to put it away. I would say Peak will win this game, maybe one, two nil and, and I just, on my own personal behalf, and I mean this sincerely, I want to wish St Michael's and Peak Phil. Of course, Clonmel Town is my own club and there's a lot of rivalry. But when we are gone out of it, I really hope those two teams do win on Sunday and keep the flag flying for the TSTL.
0: Great stuff. As always, Marish. thanks for joining us on Across the Line. No problem, Paul, anytime. Local soccer analyst Murish Walsh giving us the rundown there on Peak Villa and St. Michael's FAI Junior Cup ties this weekend. But now, as always, at this time of the week on a Friday evening, it's time to talk dogs with Barry Drake.
3: Tip FM's Greyhound Update, in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland, because this runs deep.
0: And as always, we're joined on the line by Barry Drake to talk Greyhound Racing. Barry, you're welcome to the show.
4: Yeah, great to be on again, uh, Paul. Looking forward to another great weekend.
0: Yeah, and I suppose uh, where else to start, Only in uh, Tralee for the Eric Brown uh, Kingdom Derby semi-finals out of this weekend, and there's some Tipperary interest there, I believe.
4: Yeah, there sure is. Look, it's um, a fantastic competition. One of the highlights on the race in Canada in Tralee. Um, we've seen some fantastic racing over the course of the last uh, two weeks and down to the business end of the competition tonight now. Uh, two fantastic semi-finals to look forward to. In the opening semi-final, um, Pat Buckley and Capa Weiss is represented with Stream of Sydney and Tully Graven. So he's doubly represented there um, in the opening semi-final. And I think it might go the way of Tully Graven, who looks to have a, a great draw there in trap number three. Uh, ran well uh, in the opening two rounds, second and third. Slightly unlucky last time. And I think this one could return to winning ways. Well, on to the second semi-final, of the feature uh, Benny McFinn was a uh, runner-up in the Irish Greyhound Derby he runs from trap number 5 uh, after his 28-40 winning performance last week um, he proved difficult to beat in that Capoei trainer uh, Pat Buckley represented with Scarty Yank in trap number 6 and also Clan Eden Flash who was running from trap number 4 We'll keep an eye on the big local raider and trap number one, Disco Pants, representing uh, Michael Daly there down in That should go well. So first three in each semi-final. will progress to the big final um, next Friday night. So all eyes will be on the race in action from the Kingdom
0: tonight. Yeah, some some top quality uh, there by the sounds of things as well. But we have some uh, local racing over the next three days. As always, uh, what keep, catches your eye there?
4: Yeah, exactly. Look, starting off in, in Clan Mel there tonight, um, 7.30 start. Um, some really good action now in, in Clanmel over the course of the next couple of weeks uh, with the uh, National Coursing Festival. Um, you know, only a couple of weeks away, so you'll see all the the big competitions ongoing. Seven thirty start there tonight. Um, a couple to keep an eye on, just starting with the Sporting Press Online edition A one A Holy Bell is an interesting uh, runner for a trainer Tom O'Neill. Uh, in race number three and also keep an eye on Chasing Maggie who was a winner last time for Sean O'Halloran and Cashel that was a 29.08 winning performance and I think both of them will battle it out there in that race uh, while elsewhere in the Elite Canine Transport AOA would be at stake I like the chances of Merfield Niamh uh, who runs in trap number two there? That's race number seven on the card. Owns trade by Patrick Brady in Clown Mill And this uh, informed Greyhound is chasing four straight wins. So, right. really good action in Clonmel tonight, Paul.
0: Yeah, and then we're down in uh, Thurlis on Saturday.
4: Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, on to Thurlis on Saturday night, all getting underway there. At the usual start time of 7.35. Just one to keep an eye on um, in Turles. This is in race number five. It's the Malachiet Stud in Troopy Stud A4 stake. And I like the chances of um, uh, Cabral Cleo, who runs in trap number four for Paddy Scully in Turles. 29.60 winning performance last time. I think this one could make it back-to-back wins and uh, in the process record a 13 career victory.
0: And uh, that brings us along to finally, I suppose, Clanmel on Sunday.
4: Yeah, some uh, outstanding racing Clan Mill on Sunday night, 7.30 start. Um, you know, some really stars star, uh in, in the making and so in The Royal Kennels Open on race day, uh, 6,200 yards to the winner of this competition. Uh, Graham Holland has a strong hand, as you would imagine. Mm. And, um, you know, Newin Ranger was a most impressive winner uh, in the opening round, 29.05. I think that could follow up uh, in race number eight. Well, finally, in terms of the um, on race day there on Sunday night, um, Graham Holland has another one um, in the uh, race number 9 Royal um who, who clocked 29.46 last time I think that Graham could go much faster with a better start so yes, some exciting sorts on, on showing Mill on Sunday night and, you know, crowds and attendance is very good in Clannbill over the course of the last couple of weeks
0: Please God, Barry Drake thanks for joining us on Across the Line Thanks so much Barry Drake there giving us the rundown on all the weekend's local and national greyhound racing. Justin Rugby over the weekend at half past two on Saturday in Division 2A of the AIL. Cashler at home to Queen's University and Nina Ormond are at home to Black Rock two huge games there and then in Division 2C Clon Mellor at home to Bruff. all three of those games at half past two on Saturday on Sunday uh, just after one o'clock the first of seven races goes off in Thurlis and there's two grade two races on that card but now listeners uh, also uh, before, just before we go off the air uh, best of luck to Derek O'Mahony and his officials the Art Finnan Clubman is refereeing the All-Ireland Senior Club Football Final on Sunday and uh, I will be back on the air li- airwaves on Sunday myself and Ken Hogan will be bringing you the live commentary and coverage of Tip versus Cork in the Munster Hurling League final so that'll be Sunday just before 3 o'clock will be on the air so until then have a good weekend and we will talk to you on Sunday bye for now